Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. Hey, Giants fans. I'm Cole Kuyper, along here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich, and we're ready to talk a little Giants baseball here on Giants Talk. Giants Talk comes to you every Monday and Thursday right here on the NBC Sports Podcast Network and is brought to you by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, get two breakfast sandwiches for just four bucks. Alex, I crunched the numbers. Bryce Harper could buy a breakfast sandwich for every resident of Pennsylvania with this year's salary. Like 18 times or? (laughs) 13 million sandwiches for 12.8 million people in Philly or in, in Pennsylvania. It worked out well for him. The team might not be great, but it worked out. It worked out okay for him. Yeah, yeah, good for him. I don't think he has any regrets. We'll talk a little uh, Bryce Harper what ifs down the line, but I let's let's just dive right into this Philly series because it was a uh, it was a fun one. Friday's game, Cueto on the mound. What'd you think? Um, it yeah, it was it was a really interesting series. It was like sneaky high, not even sneaky high scoring, like surprisingly high scoring. I, I think yeah. it turned into like an offensive battle but I think Cueto's highlight was Cueto running from first to home right that was that was the highlight for me and not just I I don't know if I've said this on here before I definitely have said it on the pregame show like 15 times because it's one of my favorite fun facts of the year but he tried to put a bunt down in early April and tried to beat it or he put a bunt down and tried to beat it out and his sprint speed on that at the time was like top five on the team through the first like two weeks wow he's been pat Steven Duggar now is like every single night um, doing something and, and Austin Slater obviously Mauricio Dubon Mike Talkman is, is pretty fast on the bases too but like Cueto's still there in like the top 55 top 60 as of like Friday um, individual sprints of the year and, and this one wasn't but I, I think we saw again like he was going like he, he was it was right in the middle of the pack when you you sort Giants going from first to home this year there's been like 16 or 17 cases of it he was like kind of in the middle of the pack there so he is He's always been fast. I've always enjoyed watching him run, even when he doesn't want to run and he's telling Hunter Pence not to like be on his ass. Like, so it, that was the highlight. And I don't know that I've ever seen somebody take two steps and flip their helmet away. And just you really like, appreciate I'm gonna let that. The hair flow. I'm going to be, yeah, it's anytime Johnny gets to run, it's a good time. That was my takeaway was, Friday night. That, that hat moment was like the turning the NOS on in Fast and Furious, really you know, was. just like, next, next like, year. Go. I'm going the um, next year. Solid. His pitching, uh, better than we've seen in the last couple of starts. Um, he rebounded early after that leadoff home run. So, solid night overall by Cueto. Giants win 5-3. to three. Um, Maybe the least memorable game of the weekend, though, because the scoring in the other two games was absolutely ludicrous. So let's yeah. move on to Saturday. Well, I just which... want to say one more thing about Friday oh, yeah. night. Let's um, go. And the story I wrote that night, it is so glaring some nights when you watch the defense, which for the Giants has been good all year and on certain nights is spectacular. And that night, like the play Crawford made in the first inning on Harper's liner to, to short, a lot of shortstops in this league, like Cueto's already given up a home run. All of a sudden you have first and third, no outs. And it turns into a big inning, and, and maybe the whole night spirals from there. And Crawford just scooped it, started a double play, and then Wade obviously throws Harper out as well. So, and on the other side, like the Phillies were terrible. They had a, not just like the ball that got through a glove, but 
um, you know, their relay throws were like skipping past guys. They had a wild pitch and a pass ball in that inning. And that's one thing. It's hard to talk about at times on TV and in writing because it's, it's like, hey, look at all these like solid plays. Like it's not, it's not somebody hitting a home run or something. But that was a night where I walked away from the ballpark being like, they're going to win, I don't know how many, 10, 15 games this year just because they don't have defensive nights like, like we see from other teams. And, and, and we've talked about Talkman and, and the great plays and, and things like that. But it was just so solid, and the Phillies were so bad that night. And it made a huge difference. You brought this up last episode, and I just want to put this back out into the universe. But Talkman better be at the All-Star game robbing um, home run balls. Yeah. Yes. We'll get to, Otani was going to hit it way past where he is. But, but yeah. <laughs> Um, defense has been great. And I know a lot of Giants fans have been upset with some defensive mistakes they've made, but you know, it games like that really make you uh, realize how much worse it could be and how the things we're complaining about this year as Giants fans just dwarf what we expected to be complaining about. Yeah. Well, it's just, they're doing everything right. So it's, you know, not giving us a lot to complain about here, although we can get to Saturday's game. <laughs> so let's, let's start a little bit of complaining. Perfect segue there, Alex. Uh, Alex Wood started Saturday, and right off the bat, we're seeing the Giants and Phillies are alternating scoring. First inning, second inning, third inning. And uh, I put this out online, but we were on pace to have an 18-18 to 18 game going into extra innings. The Phillies tried to get to 18. It, I think it – They kept it up. They kept going. Yeah, it was – look, I mean, it's been maybe three weeks now, a, a month now for Alex Wood, where it just hasn't been what it, what it was early on. And he's still – a very serviceable starter still you know the numbers overall this year has still done a great job and I think they have to be thrilled with it but I, I guess that's and we have Larry Bear coming up and, and we did ask him like what how do you view the deadline from here um but I, I'm starting to more and more where everybody was talking about the bullpen like a few weeks ago more and more I'm like if they could get one more guy to kind of put between Gosman and DiScofani and then Wood and Cueto who have been a little bit more inconsistent and, and just give them another buffer as far as innings go like that to me right now seems like maybe that the most likely thing to do but Wood's been fine and he was great the first first month six weeks or so but it, he has definitely I mean slid back a little bit yeah yeah and uh, he was he did a few articles talking about the sticky pitches thing going on um maybe that has to do with why he's slightly regressing I don't know but you know it's certainly not the Alex Wood we saw at the beginning of the year but hey, that's fine. The rest of our staff has been carrying enough weight that we can we can have this kind of start. Like I also had like time. a 1.8 ERA. So like, yeah, I that think was we're, not sustainable. And no matter how his season goes, I mean, he was a big part of them getting off to that start. So yeah, it was yeah, a uh, ball was was flying. It yeah. was such a hot weekend. So home runs were going all over the place. Um, but I do want to touch on the uniforms. Before we move on from Saturday's game, which ended up being a 13-6 to loss, uh, what did you think of the Juneteenth uniforms? At first, all I could think about was that game uh, where Tim Lincecum wore yeah. that same uni with the, the pillow under his shirt and all that. That's all I could think about, too. But I, I'm a fan of any throwback. I, I think, I, in general, I, they're pretty cool. Like, I, And I, I always like to see what, you know, some guys look weirdly, like, stocky in those older uniforms and mm -hmm. they look like older school baseball players. Timmy had that going on. He obviously added to it on his own. But um, I like them. I, I'm curious to see. I'm not a fan of all the uniform things they've done in, in recent years, but I'm curious to see. I think they have one of those City Connect jerseys coming out 
later this year. So maybe this summer. So I'm curious to see what that looks like. But I, I was a fan of these. Yeah, I believe we have about two weeks till we're going to see those City Connects. So I'm excited. I really like these uniforms, though. I think they look really clean. Um, it's such a cool part of San Francisco baseball history with the San Francisco Sea Lions of the West Coast Negro Leagues. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. I would not be opposed to them putting these in the, the regular annual rotation in some hopefully way. It is. I think it's got to be now with, with them celebrating it. So hopefully that's, that's a Juneteenth thing every year. Do you remember if they won um, that last time they wore them nine years ago with Timmy? I don't remember anything about that game except for Timmy's yeah. old jog. So we, we just need some, uh, some more wins wearing them. Yeah. You know, otherwise people will start complaining. Yeah. Um, but Sunday's game, now that was something to talk about. Sunday was Father's Day, and, and the Giants had some dad strength out there. It was great. And Sammy Long started. I think we talked about last week um, how we wanted to see him kind of start those bullpen games. So, boy. Yeah, I think, you know, he's sticking in the rotation for now. You keep pitching like that, you'll, and that's a good team. I mean, it, and it, it was, again, it was hot. It was not as hot in the city today, but a, a good day for the hitters again. And, and he did a nice job. And I, I think the main takeaway for me from this game is just, and we saw this all weekend and, and really all homestand. They have some guys who were not really a part of the party for two months. And mm-hmm. Wilmer Flores stands out. Mike Yastrzemski was banged up and just never got going. Brandon Belt did have a lot of home runs early on and, and had a good start, but we haven't seen like he's capable of carrying a lineup, which we've seen this week. So it's interesting because it, it, it's a, it's a, another hallmark of a really good team in that and Crawford had a good game Sunday, but he was a little bit slower this week. Buster slowed down just a little bit from where he was like it. These other guys are picking up the slack and that to me is, is a big deal. And it just makes them, you know, we've talked about how deep they are and it's like, if you're going to have these guys, um, just like Flores and, and Yastrzemski capable of carrying them. And then they have Ruff and Dickerson coming back. Like that's just how you're going to win a division potentially. Just, you're just going to throw these guys at other teams all the time. It doesn't matter if somebody gets, gets cold. It doesn't matter if somebody gets hurt um, because there's other guys stepping up. They're without Evan Longoria. You put Lomar Flores at 30, hits two home runs. It's Gabermetrics, baby. It's Gabe Come on. Um, all I can think about is, is whenever Yaz hits, some, hits a home run like that, is how the Orioles were just letting him flounder in the minors until he was like 29 years old. Um, it, I got to imagine when players are looking where to sign this offseason, they've got to be eyeing what the Giants coaches have done with some of this talent and how they've turned around some careers. And that's got to be a huge selling point for coming to San Francisco. Yeah. I think, you know, we're, I think we're going to start to hear more and more that people want to come work with Donnie Ecker and, and want to work with Justin Vealy and Dustin Lind. And it, it's going to be a selling point. I, it's funny with the yes thing, like he's the most polite, like, uh, you know, people have seen his interviews, like he's the least controversial giant we've had in a long time, probably in terms of stars. Uh, but there is one place where he does just have a little bit of an edge. And it, 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 I think it really brings him joy that he has gotten this chance. Obviously it does, but I do think he likes, likes that part of it that like, Hey, I was overlooked for a long time and I don't know what you guys were thinking. So. Yeah. He had those big shoes to fill and I, he probably felt like he couldn't fill them and boom, here he is. He always had it inside. Um, lots of home runs. Flores and Yaz went back-to-back. Flores had two. That was his sixth multi-home run game in his career. 
And already at this point in the year, they have more home runs than they did at the uh, 2012 World Series championship season. So they're just mashing. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to break that record. Because the record is what two thirty five, and that was the record. Bonds' big boy year. They're they're now on pace to break it, and I just you know the weather's going to heat up, and some guys will slow down, but as I just said, other guys are going to pick it up, and you know they do still have like a lot of games against the Diamondbacks, and they stu- they go to course two more times, I think. So you know I think they're going to break that record. I am on board with that. I think that's a prediction I'll 100% agree with. Did you see the uh, either live during the game or the video afterwards of the ump, by the way, congratulating all the players on Father's Day individually? Yeah, it was a good, it's a good, good addition there. Um, um, nice. My, my nice favorite one. Because are young. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he talked to Buster, he talked to Crawford, talked to some of the Phillies, but my favorite one was uh, Stephen Duggar. The ump's like, hey, man, you a dad? And Duggar was like, only to a dog, which you and I can relate so, to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. That's, I felt like a father today. So I don't have actual kids, but I felt like I was busier than usual. So, um, no, I didn't. I have to ask Duggar now. I didn't even know he had a dog. So I feel like I thought I had a good read on all the Giants players' pets. You know, Talkman's got that gorgeous husky. Yeah. Dubon's got his uh, chorizo. I think he has a couple of pugs. Um, but there we go. We got to get some insight on Duggar's dog. All his social accounts are private, so I wasn't able to stalk him. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be my next question to him. It's like, hey, man, you're having a really good season. Can I find out some info about your dog? Please we'll do. We'll the swing changes later, but can you, tell me, yeah, yeah. can you tell us about your dog? Give the people what they want, Alex. Come on. I will. I will. Um, one topic I did want to touch on before we leave the Phillies conversation is just kind of where the Giants would be if they had landed Harper in 2019. So Har- uh, Harper was a free agent after the 2018 season. Obviously, he shopped around a lot of teams, but it really seemed like the Giants were in the final running. Historically, he's always been a fan of the city. Um, I don't know. I thought they, they had a chance at him, and I was kind of relieved when they didn't sign him. But he, went, he ended up with 13-year contract for $330 million in Philadelphia. And you got to imagine that's money that the Giants are more effectively using elsewhere right now. Well, I don't know that they are. I don't know that they're using that money. So well, okay, that's true. When the 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 books open up next year, we will see about that part. They might they might sit there and go, "Man, we can get Lamont Wade for the MLB minimum. Why would we?" We will see on that. I do think. Um, so I was disappointed when they didn't get him just because I, this was like, a, it, they were dead. They were dead in the water. Like there was nothing mm-hmm. interesting going on here. It was not a good team. It was an aging team with a bad farm system. And, you know, I think we all knew Farhan would do a good job, but not this quickly and not in this way. I mean, we all just thought we had to wait for the farm system to get good. We didn't realize he could pluck players out of AAA from other teams and, and turn them into all-star type talents and, and make, you know, win every trade. So um, I, I think that was, I was disappointed because I thought it was going to bring some, some buzz back to the ballpark and, and back to the organization. And I, I gotta be honest, like I, I, he gets booed every time he comes up and I, he always has, I don't know what it is. I, maybe yeah. I, you know, it's not because he spurned them. Like it's, he's, it's always been that way. And it's been that way even, and he didn't do anything wrong in the Strickland Harper fight. So like, if anything, it should be like, hey, we're sorry about Strickland. Like, we're not going to boo you. <laughs> but Yeah, what, what do you yell as a crowd if you're apologizing? Yeah, I don't, so I don't understand. He's like, 
It was really interesting on Friday night. I, I turned to Carrie Crowley and said this because Harper got big time booze when they announced the, uh, the Phillies lineup. Odubel Herrera, nothing. Crickets. And he has a bad history. So go look that up. He, he is somebody who should be booed and maybe should not be playing baseball right now. But um, it, was, it was interesting that it's like, I don't know what Harper did to you people, but that, could it just be like we're booing the star of the other team? Maybe it's his hair. I'd, I'd I think boo it's, a guy with hair I think like it's that. just the whole Harper thing, but I thought yeah. it would have been fun. And, I, you know, we look around, we talk about, like, Fernando Tatis Jr. and, like, these guys who are faces of franchises. And the Giants, obviously, Buster and Crawford are, are still here. But at the time, I felt like that was their chance to do that. But I, I don't know. I You know, I, I kind of look at it, and I don't think they're – better off in any way I don't think you could ever say that because you could say hey they would have found Yastrzemski they would have put him in left field so Harper would be in right and we I mean Gosman you know I think there's a lot of pieces that aren't in the puzzle right now if if Harper's taking up space I don't know I, I don't know I'm, I'm I've always defended like that the money Barry anyway, Zito so, okay yeah I've always been on the side of like since things are good right now any changes would have just butterfly affected all of this away like, I'm glad we signed Barry Zito for a billion dollars because it got us some world championships. Who knows if what would have yeah. happened if we didn't. Um, I don't know. I saw that Ashton Kutcher butterfly effect movie at a young age, and I think it just really well, stuck that was Sabian's famous quote, right? Like, he, he had no regrets because it helped him win a World Series. So um, I, I understand that, and I, I agree with that to an extent. I just also kind of look at this team and I look at the way they've put this team together. And I'm like, I think the one cool thing is like, you have full faith that if the giants go and get Corey Seager, or I don't know who, you know, the next Mookie Betts trade, they make that one. Mm-hmm. Like you have full faith that this front office is going to put good players around those guys. And I, I think that was what they were thinking at the time was that we're not very good, but we're going to put Bryce Harper at the center of this lineup. He's going to sell a lot of tickets and we're going to go out and, and find these guys. And Farhan at the time probably was, calling the Orioles and saying, give me yes. Like, and, and, you know, identifying guys that would fit down the line. So I, I just think that's like, they're so good at filling around the edges and so good at, at beating other teams on the margins that um, you do want those stars. And we'll see how the season ends up, but there might be a point where we look up in August and we're like, man, some of these guys have slowed down. Tatis is on pace for 50 homers. Mookie Betts is mm-hmm. doing this. Max Muncy's doing this. So you still do want the stars, I think. It would be cool to have a, a a star protection bat right now around Posey. Like, like it makes me think of like the Jeff Kent Bonds one-two punch where people had to pitch to one of them, you know? Yeah. Um, that'd be great. But I pulled up the stats. Harper's batting 265 since signing with the Phillies and Giants right fielders are batting like 235. So there's a, a solid chunk there, but is that a $330 million difference i don't know no and that's where i'm very curious to see what they do this offseason because you can say you know do we want i don't do we want max scherzer or do we want anthony disquifani at at 20 percent of the price or whatever it ends up being you know or do do we want Corey seager or i mean obviously crawford's been great but I, i think that's the argument you can almost make and that's the argument the players have a problem with now because these smart mm-hmm. teams look at it and go like yeah Harper probably is not worth 330 million if you feel like you can go get Yastrzemski and figure that out but as my friend Carmen Q likes to say Farhan loves shopping at TJ Maxx for players yeah I do think to consistently get to the next level you need more than that 
So, yeah, and they, I, they, I feel you there. They hope to develop it, but it's it's what the Dodgers did so well, and it will, it's what put them over the hump. Is they they did everything right. They got the Muncies, the Chris Taylors, and they built the farm system, and then they went and traded for Mookie Betts. So, exactly. and now they're doing the same thing. They went and got Trevor Bauer, who maybe is not good without the sticky stuff, but it was it was another like you know what our team's really good. We can make it better by spending this money. Thinking of almost giants, uh, we get a chance to finally see um, Shohei Otani next week, and I'm very excited. Oh, it's an away series, so unfortunately, Giants fans don't get to see him in person. But give me an over under on home runs against the Giants. He is pitching one of those days, I believe, so he may or may not be DHing for himself. I don't know, but one and a half over under. I'm going to go under, even though I think he has six in the last six games. Last I checked, okay. but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how they do like a two game series in that situation, how they're going to handle this with him if they handle it differently mm -hmm. and just go, Hey, go crazy for 18 innings. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm going to go under, but I, I do. It's one of those situations where I will not be mad at all if that guy goes off because he is so much fun to watch. And I was talking to my dad this morning and we were just talking about how it's, it's a, such a crime that the angels are bad with the talent they have on that team. That's what we should be using to recruit casual baseball fans right there, putting those guys on national TV week in and week out. And I was, I think I said this at the time a few weeks ago, I was bummed that Trout got hurt. We're not going to see yeah. Trout, you know? So it's, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm 100% like, give me all the highlights of those guys. I hate when they like MLB posts on Instagram and somebody underneath is like, hey, I'm tired of Tatis Jr. Like, why don't you ever talk about the Reds? I'm like, well, no, they're, they're trying to grow the game. This is not yeah. – nobody ever goes on NBA's Instagram and says, I'm tired of the Steph Curry highlight. Like, yeah. why aren't you guys posting about the Timberwolves? It just seems to be a baseball thing. Like, always people underneath, like, I'm tired of this. Like, well, no, Otani is, is making history right now. I want to see it every chance I get. 100%. You will not hear any complaints about Otani coverage from me. In fact, I get kind of bummed when I go a day and don't see any news about him. Like, oh, is yeah, I do too. What happens? But all right, I watch back, every single, and obviously we were not watching their games, but like every single time he comes across my Twitter timeline, I watch it and then I watch it again when like starting nine retweets it. And then when mm -hmm. he's that good. Um, one last topic before we get to Larry that I wanted to touch on, because this is something I heard a lot about online from my friends. Um, that was the Peacock broadcast. Some people weren't too keen on it, but I think, and I know I'm going to, your everyone's first thought is that oh NBC Sports Podcast Network you guys are just corporate shills. I think this was huge for the future of baseball. Um, this was obviously a trial run for what things could look like down the line, um, but it's a step in the right direction. And maybe they needed to uh, to work some kinks out for next time around. But being able to watch baseball for free on a streaming service without a cable subscription is crucial for growing the game with the next generation. I have so many friends who are hanging on to their cable subscriptions for sports and to be able to offer a non-cable option is just going to be insane. Yeah, I think, you know, I I you put it on our rundown and I was like, I think we have to touch on it because it was a big part of this weekend as well. And look, I'm wearing an NBC Sports quarter zip right now. So like obviously I'm biased, but I also just kind of felt the same way. And I fully, um, I fully understand that it's difficult for some people. And I, I, and especially like if tech goes down at times, I fully understand that that's frustrating. And there are other parts of it, like the not being able to flip back and forth. I, 
I get that. I understand all that. I also thought like the four man booth was really good. Um, I, I wish your dad had been involved, but yeah. it was, it was really fun. Uh, we get to hear from other people. We got to hear different stories. My highlight of the weekend was John Crook telling a story and Brandon Belt hit a home run. And in the middle of it, Crook stops talking and just goes like, Oh, cause he obviously comes from the Philly side <laughs> and John Miller picked it up and gave a great home run call. Like, I think that's something they should do regardless. And we can ask your dad next time he's on how he feels about that. Like, I, I just think it's cool to hear from people with other teams. It's a long season. We see the same teams over and over again. I think it's cool to hear their impressions. And Jimmy Rollins has played with guys on this team. He has played against guys on this team. Um, so I thought that part was good. And, and look, I mean, they'll work out the tech, but I, for me, it's just one of these things like, there were certain writers on Twitter who were complaining over and over and over again, and people know who they are. And I just, I just wanted to scream and be like, we all just spent the last year learning, like my grandparents zoom me, zoom with me from their iPhone. My grandparents, they're in their eighties. They figured this out over the last year because this is where it's going. Like you and I do this podcast from our homes. I, I do TV from my home for every road game. I'll do it on Tuesday night. I will be on the pregame show live from the corner of my apartment. Like this is where everything's going. Like it's going away from traditional methods that we've all gotten used to. So I have zero problem with trying it. I, I get the people are frustrated, but it's where it's going. And it, you know, hopefully this keeps growing and it's to the point, like I would love to have the option on a weekend. If you told me, Hey, the Yankees and angels are streaming for free for three straight days and you can watch exactly. it. And you don't have to, you know, in San Francisco. So, yeah, that's my little rant about it. I try not to get into the Twitter wars with it, with some people. Um, but I, I didn't understand why it was, people just love to complain. So, yeah, I, people were like, yeah, like just freaking out, like, oh, well, my grandma doesn't have Peacock. And it's like, well, my grandma doesn't have cable. So, this is her only chance to watch. Yeah. Also, Yellowstone is a really good show. And if you got Peacock and watch the Giants, and I'm not even just saying that, I'm just saying that as some, I had forgotten until I started streaming the game on Saturday. I was like, oh, Yellowstone. I wonder when season four is coming out. So, I was here. Here we go. Yeah. I did, I I did see a lot of ads for shows I had never heard of. Apparently, Peacock's got a lot of shows, original programming. And it always makes me like, feel kind of crazy like man hundreds of people probably worked on this show and i've never heard of it it's you know um, when you get to the end of your netflix and you're just like there's not there's nothing which has happened yeah. multiple times to me over the last year i'm like there's nothing new and then you open up another app and you're like what is this so that was there's a lot of tv out there we, give me one uh tv streaming wreck before we toss to larry because i've got one i've been enjoying okay you give me i'm trying to remember the name of the show we're watching right now I just started Invincible on Amazon, um, which is like a, I don't know if it's quite a satire, but it's kind of like a send up of superhero stuff. Um, and it's good. It's been very good. I remember the name. It's, I'm going to butcher it. It's called Lupin. It's oh, dude. So good. Are you watching right. with subs or dubs? Uh, dubs. Because okay. I have to look at my phone. So Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I force subtitles yeah. is so that I'm not on my phone the whole episode. No, that's good. That but, was one of those, like, we thought we were at the end of Netflix and then we discovered something else. Ah, uh, Lupin. Love it. Love it. Everyone go watch Lupin Lupin's in addition the, to American, downloading TikTok. American way to say it. It's a French... Well, I'm American, Al. Fair, fair. fair. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get Larry in the mix um, and we can go back to talking about baseball instead of very handsome French gentleman thieves. Yeah, we will. We'll talk about... Um, important stuff like the trade deadline and most important to us and you asked him this question 
when is full food coming back to the ballpark? So an answer is coming. Here's Larry Bear. Hope lives here in California. But during these challenging times, we could all use a little extra support. Visit calhope.org for free COVID-19 emotional support resources. Or call our warm line at 1-833-317-4673. Larry Barra, we're talking to you on Friday, which means last night I watched a full house in San Diego. And I know the result probably went different than the way you wanted to. But it was just really cool to see a full house at a game in California in the way that that fan base responded to it. And it got me really excited about Friday's game against the A's when you guys are going to have hopefully a full house or, or close to it. Um, so my first question for you is, is what is the excitement level within the organization? And then what's going to be different about, you know, we, we remember 2019 a little bit, but then we've seen something different the first two months this year. What's the ballpark going to be like on Friday? Well, we're really exciting, Alex, for uh... – for Friday, June 25th, it's been a, a target that's been on our radar, you know, for a year and a half, right? And uh, where we can have, we're, we're grateful we've been able to have, you know, a limited uh, crowds up through uh, June 20th. But now, uh, next Friday, June 25th, it's going to be it's going to be spectacular because there's going to be no restrictions and it's kind of it's a reopening, really. And um, you know, the fans that have been coming out this year before you know with limited capacity have gone to go through protocols and they've been great and there have been very little uh issues very few issues i can't even think of any issues from fans um but you know it, it's sort of like the the finally the awakening right and here we are and we're back and it's magical and the team's been playing so well and uh, everybody's ready so we want to have a we want to have that communal feeling now that uh you know, thanks to the everybody's safe efforts, um, we we're now it's now safe to have outdoor full full ballpark openings, and you're seeing them around the country. And uh, we join in on uh, Friday, June 25th. Fireworks after, so don't don't go anywhere after the last pitch. And then uh, all sorts of other things going, like uh, Yaz bobbleheads on Saturday, and on Sunday we're having um, kids hats and lots going on. So. Uh, it's just going to feel very much like what we've come to know uh, the ballpark to be. The schedule worked out um, so the A's are here pretty soon after the state reopened, and, and you guys could have done it a little bit differently. What, what made that weekend the perfect fit and, and the right fit? I mean, the city's been very careful, obviously, the last year, the right fit to open up on, on, tw on the 25th. Well, the right fit, even though the state and city opened June 15th, we had already offered our, our season ticket holders a package of socially distanced tickets that went through June 20th. So we wanted to keep be, honor that pledge we made to them. So that was basically, you know, why we have the, you know, a, a limited capacity um, for games from June 16th or June 15th through June 20th. But, you know, look, we've been going through all the, all the different regulations and, and, and all, but now that's, that's going to be in the rearview mirror. And uh, we want everybody to still stay safe, but uh, thanks to the, the vigilance and, you know, the continued um, work by everybody in the community, uh, vaccinations in San Francisco itself are like 20% above the state average, 20 points above the state average. And the state has done well with vaccinations. So we're really proud of the communities come together. And um, so now we want to start celebrating it come June 25th with, uh, with uh, our neighbors, you know, and you can have a neighbor sitting next to you as opposed to an empty seat. 
you're a you're a regular at these games. Obviously, I saw you on TV the other day, almost getting almost catching a foul ball. Um, <laughs> but for a lot of fans, they haven't seen the new changes at the ballpark. Have you gotten a chance to check out the bullpens during a game? Because it's really cool sitting out there in the bleachers and watching pitchers warm up. I didn't think I'd like it at first, but I love it. You know what, Cole? I went out there last year, which was like um, a scene from Twilight Zone where we had no fans and I was out there. And I could you know, have some great conversations with uh, members of both bullpens. I only talked to Giants bullpen people. But I've seen it, and it's great. And, and I think what you're going to find, and we're actually working on something and offering for the second half. I don't want to uh, you know, uh, jump out in front of, uh, of our folks. Yeah, um, don't, don't tell anyone. But yeah, we're going to create some special sections right by the bullpen, to your point, where it, it'll feel like a fan rooting section. And it'll be by our bullpen, and then you, know, you can root in whatever way you want when you're by the uh, visitor's bullpen. Um, keep, keep, try to keep it clean, but, uh, but, <laughs> but keep it in, in good taste, but, uh, but uh, very Giant-centric. And, uh, but, so those are good. I think you're going to find, now that we have fans out there for the first time, you're going to find those areas being really exciting uh, seating sections in the park and almost like kind of like a uh, European soccer type thing where you have real passion out there for, for the fans. Uh, so they're new seating areas. Can't wait to, uh, for people to see them uh, on Friday night against the A's. I think you've talked to me about that before, actually. And, and the cool thing is you guys are bringing that in and you're bringing it in at a time when the team really matters. And, and some of these games – that section will be behind, you know, Kenley Jansen, behind Mark Melanson in big games down the stretch. So I have to pivot to baseball and ask you, I know you were extremely confident in Farhan and in Scott and in the group they've hired. Could you ever have imagined, though, that you guys would be in first place for most of the first half of this season? Because I know a lot of people were looking towards next season is maybe the, the reawakening here. But how surprised are you by what the team has done? Well, look, it's been a group effort, and it's been really – a coach took me aside the other day. I was leaving the ballpark after one of the Arizona night games, and a coach took me aside, and he said, you can't believe how together this club is. And when he was talking about the club, he was talking about the coaching staff and the players and the roster, et cetera. Um, you know, I was asked the other day about, you know, as we, when we brought Farhan on, you know, what was it that sort of was a, a separator – and um, for, versus other candidates or whatever. And, uh, you know, and we had, you know, really had our eyes on Farhan early on. But one thing that, that was in his mind and really, I think, resonated with everyone is that, you know, in, in Major League Baseball, you don't take years off. We try not to take years off, meaning, well, we're not going to be competitive this year, but we're, we will be in two years or four years or five years. And um, I think you saw that last year. We missed the playoffs by one game. And this year we are where we are. Um, you know, that if the roster has to turn over, there can be ways to do it to remain competitive and maybe even, you know, much more than competitive. And, um, and that's been everybody's attitude. And so, uh, look, nobody, nobody was really believing any of the preseason predictions. And we still have a lot of games left. We have a uh, you know, whatever, 90, 90 games left. So there's a long way to go. But, uh, but, but you know, that's the, the can-do spirit has always been part of this club and are part of the Giants' DNA. And, I mean, as you both know, when we were – when we did win championships, nobody was saying that San Francisco Giants are the <laughs> are they forecast to win. So we wanted, we wanted a group, and we have that group with, you know, Farhan and Scott and Gabe – 
and 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 the group they put on the on the coaching in the coaching lines and the and the roster who believe truly believe speaking of the roster you know the team's obviously doing absolutely incredible things this year in the bigs but the minor leagues has some very exciting names as well is there anyone in particular you're excited to see up at oracle over the next couple of years you know i mean look i you, you call out names and you always worry about that's Cole, true and, that's you know, true leaving guys out Cole, but no but i mean look I mean, all the all the names luciano ramos etc i mean those are it's it's, it's exciting and you know, one of the concerns, I'll, I'll give you a concern, and that, and we weren't alone in this, every team has it to some extent, maybe us a little bit more, is that uh, we had no minor league baseball last year. Mm -hmm. So how much is that going to hold these guys back? And, um, but I think that, you know, this year, it's been that all the folks that we're excited about have, have seemed to, to, to move you know, in, in, in a good pace, maybe the start, there were some slow starts, but now, you know, the, the guys that we have our eyes on, obviously you got to mention Joey Bart, you got to mention Patrick Bailey. Again, I, I don't want to go into the dark hole of mentioning names and then forgetting people. Um, but, but I think that, uh, uh, you know, we're going to be in a situation now where the, what the beauty of where we are now is that the team is, you know, doing well at the, at the major league level, but we haven't sacrificed the minor league, uh, the, the minor league organization. And both of you know that you, you got to try to do both at the same time and win and develop. And uh, that's probably the trickiest thing in all sports, especially baseball. The other beauty of where you are now is that you can actually think about adding potentially in a month and in, in six weeks, not being, you know, a lot of people before the year, I was among them saying, Kevin Gosman's going to be a great trade trip. Anthony DiScofani is going to be a great trade trip. Now we can think about what do the Giants need. And, and I get asked this all the time, so I'm just going to ask you and, and put you on the hot seat. If Farhan and Scott come to you at the trade deadline, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of free reign do they have? And, and what, what can they do? It's been a weird year for everybody the, the last couple of years financially, but will those guys be able to do what they need to do in, in July? Look, I mean, I think... There's there's no question that there's so much credibility that that uh, Barr and Scott and and the group have earned that um, you know that there's going to be a, a big openness myself and the board and Greg and and everyone to uh, you know to do you know to do what's right by the club and the, their recommendations and you know I, it's funny because you get we've got this question over the years a lot and remember the currency because I know Alex you're probably referring to dollars but the currency at a trade deadline is, is twofold, right? It's essentially dollars to, to bring somebody on with added payroll, uh, somebody or bodies on. And then it, the currency is what we were just talking about, which is the, you know, minor league prospects. And I know that the group wants to be protective of both currencies. Um, you could argue even the latter is even more, uh, you know, more of a, want be more protective of our great prospects. So, so I think that that's going to be, I'm very confident that whatever recommendations are going to be very mindful of both, both of those pieces, uh, if we're going to add a piece. How much do you look at this team? And, and I, the last time I talked to you, I think was about Buster Posey and, and discussing his contract. And you look at it and you see what Buster's doing, you see what Crawford's doing and Belt and Longoria before he got hurt. And, and how much is there, you know, just a feeling of like, hey, maybe we do have to be a little bit different at the deadline this year, because this is something incredible that we're seeing. And this is potentially the last year for this group being together. And, and we have to honor that. I think we felt that a little bit in Bruce Bochy's last year, that there was a feeling that you guys had to honor 
his last season and, and let them try to make a run after they went crazy in July. Is, is it similar this year? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I think you're thinking we're going to – everything will get factored in. Um, but I think the number one factor is going to be what, how, how are we best set up to, to win this year, um, you know, because we're in a position to do that. And how, how, does, it, how does it go together? So um, I don't think anyone is really thinking about, you know, okay, contractually, what's, you know, what, what's going forward. I mean, I, everybody's so focused on game to game and day to day. And, you know, you get to the trade deadline and you're going to still have, what, 60 games left, something like that, uh, once you get to the deadline. And, uh, and so it's going to be like, okay, how do you win, you know, game one of the next 60? How do you win game two, game three? And so I, I think that's really going to be the focus. And, um, you know, I mean, you've seen us in, in various – in 2019 and 2020, 2020 the trade deadline was a little funky in a 60-game season. But even in 2019 – as you remember, there were all sorts of, you know, discussions. Are we going to trade Madison or whatever? Are we going to trade Will Smith? And you saw what happened. So there's, there's a lot of – I think that there's – the world has changed some too, right? And certainly clubs value their minor league prospects, uh, the best prospects, probably even higher than ever before. So, you know, we're, we're, going, to be, we're going to be mindful of that as well. I don't mean to sideline the discussion too much or derail it, but I have a question that's been on my mind for about a year and a half now. And I think I'd be remiss on behalf of myself and Giants fans that I didn't ask. But Larry, am I going to get a chance to have a crab sandwich coming up at the ballpark sometime soon? Doggone it. I've made this commitment. And if I have to go out in the bay and catch the <laughs> doggone crabs, we're going to have crab sandwiches June 25th. Okay, now, oh. uh, if I get proven wrong, uh, you could you could toss me in the bay. Cool. But I, I, I we, we, the problem this year on the crab sandwiches before June 25th is, you know, we, we were limited to first 8,000 and then 10,000 and 13,000. It's kind of an operation to do the crab sandwiches the way you need to do them. And you, and you had, uh, you know, some areas of the ballpark that were limited in, in attendance, but, but um, we are committed to the crazy crab. Uh, sandwich for June 25th, and uh, as I say, if uh, if I hear any issues coming from our concession group, um, I'll, I'll I'll jump out in a boat and start start uh, crabbing. Fantastic! I will be out there with you if you need a wingman <laughs> on the boat. You will. Can I get a cha-cha bowl on the 25th? Because that's what I've been waiting two months for. One of those. So. I think so. I mean, I it, unless something is uh, you know some something that we're unaware of. Uh, we are going back to normal. Now, you can get the Ghirardelli ice cream sundae. You know that that's, that's never mm -hmm. went away. Oh, I've, I've done done it. It. oh, yeah. I've done it twice already. It's gotten hot here, so I've, <laughs> I've been there. There you go. And the Gilroy, and, you know, we, we still make our trips to Gilroy for the garlic fries. The garlic you fries did. have been better than ever. <laughs> and you have plenty of them for your $7 or whatever it is. You get, like, you get enough for the, uh, you know, for about three meals. Well, Larry, thank you for the time. And, and we had to ask you some important baseball questions, but I think Cole and I are both just really focused on when we can have all of our favorite ballpark foods. So <laughs> I'm, I think we're both very happy to hear that that's coming back on Friday as well. Don't sleep on the food in the ballpark. It's, a, it's part of the experience and uh, it's great seeing you. We'll see you out there uh, 
uh, the second half and, and uh, hopefully for uh, many months here in the uh, fall.